All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021, and we have so much to cover today. There's quite a bit that's been going on all around the world, so let's jump right into it. And if you hear a little bit of meowing in the background, please forgive me. It's uh, it's my uh, recently... Uh, uh, newborn cat that's right outside. So, <laughs> uh, so first off, Joe Rogan has uh, caught COVID and took a cocktail of iver things like ivermectin, clonal antibodies. I believe he got some type of IV injections, if I'm not mistaken. And now the media is going nuts because he came out and said in a, in a video that he just filmed, you know, with his phone, saying he feels good. He said, you know, by the second or third day after taking it, he feels pretty good. Now. The, you look at the mainstream media, I turned it on this morning just to get an idea of what they're saying. All the headlines are, you know, obviously it's for clicks and views and what have you, but, you know, the, even the local Toronto news station where I live this morning said, the headline read, controversial podcaster takes um, non-approved drug or, or, to treat COVID. What, where, how is he controversial? He says it all the time, Joe Rogan, when he says he goes, I'm not a medical expert, and look, this is what I took. I'm just telling everyone to share my experience. I feel good. It doesn't mean that you have to take it or not. Now, yes, I know realistically the argument is that because of his millions of followers, there is a heavy influence there. With that being said, though, whatever happened to freedom of speech? Joe Rogan didn't, uh, you know, make a video of himself saying, Ivermectin, you know, saved my life. I encourage everyone to get out there and take it. So again, we see the mainstream media already hopping on Joe Rogan when it suits them and then when it doesn't, right? So, I mean, hey, I, to be honest, there's a certain part of me that loves this because he's just, at least I'd like to hope Joe Rogan's being himself and it's, he's intentionally or unintentionally trolling the media, right? Uh, I don't think he planned to do so. He just made an updated video uh, about his health status and then the mainstream media picked it up and went nuts, so... The next thing is that uh, Pfizer is planning to make a pill to take alongside the vaccine. Honestly, folks, I'm not going to spend much time on this. Uh, purely profit-driven, uh, in my humble opinion. This is my perspective. Again, this, the quote-unquote science and all that may be there, but I have a real problem with when it comes to trusting scientists that are, that are con conflated in their business or career with a profit-driven motive. So... The next thing is that Poland's president signs an order to impose a state of emergency for regions bordering Belarus after a sharp increase in illegal immigration. Hey, listen, there's certain cases where, you know, we can't always apply this uh, globalist mentality, if you want to call it. I know that's a dangerous word, um, especially, you know, we hear the you know, New World Order, globalists, you name it, right? The Great Reset, World Economic Forum. But again, countries have to do what's best for themselves sometimes. Again, we could argue if this is more of a tribalistic manner that we tend to behave in, which could devolve us into a, you know, less of a, um, uh, I guess you could say, um, productive society. But I mean, listen, sometimes countries, just like in general in life with people, we sometimes we, we're, we, I like to think we're friendly as humans with others, but we have to look out for ourselves too, right? The Next thing is that Dr. Fauci is getting his own National Geographic documentary where he is portrayed as the hero of the United States. The release date is September 10th, one day before 9-11, um, you know, the anniversary of September 11th. I can't believe this. Now, again, I'm not, I want to be fair here, okay? Let's be consistent. Let's take away the fact that, you know, there's all this evidence that he's clearly lied many times and things like that. Pretend that, you know, the whole... Uh, fire Fauci, the whole hate Fauci crowd. Let, let's just try to play it right down the middle here. The fact that this is a government official being praised and he's having a documentary filmed, uh, uh, being filmed on him, 
probably by, you know, an institution, I would imagine like a PBS or something like this, by a very government-influenced uh, uh, institution, media institution. What good can come of this? Everyone knows, even the ones that support Fauci, smart, in my opinion, smart people who support Fauci, okay? Which, again, maybe those two things don't go hand in hand, but let's just say hypothetically. They, I, I, would, I would hope that these smart, reasonable people say, why is this guy getting his own documentary? Isn't this the job he's supposed to be doing anyways? You see what I'm saying here, folks? So again, why he's portrayed as this big hero, again, it's just like when Fauci's emails leaked. It depends which outlet you read it, uh, mainstream media outlet you read uh, the the news that broke the story from, meaning that some outlets were saying, you know, these emails have to be investigated further. Other more conservative outlets were saying it's pretty damning, which I would tend to agree with, not because of the conservative perspective, but because they tend to call things like they are a little more often than not. And then there was the final thing, which is, you know... Uh, the mainstream media trying to twist the headlines for Fauci when his emails leaked and got out. And they, they were, there were headlines like, uh, you know, the struggles of one man against the world. Like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? You know? So anyways, I don't know. This is when this became such a thing, but the next thing is that WEF world economic forum founder and uh, globalist, at, at least he, I mean, he calls himself a globalist. So Klaus Schwab declares COVID-19, climate change, inclusion, and the, quote, fourth industrial revolution as the foremost challenges and uh, humans are, are faced with today in an interview with Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank. Okay, so one elitist is interviewing another. That, that, that's exactly what that is. In terms of what he said, he's just repeating uh, talking points of, of, of drop-feeding dissemination of, of what's going to come and, you know, uh, propaganda, you name it, right? If you read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky, looks pretty similar to what's happening these days, right? I believe Carl Sagan, there's a, a chapter of a, a, a paragraph, excuse me, from a book that Carl Sagan wrote in 1994, 1995, where he basically wrote what he feared would come in the, in the coming years of, a, of the West, specifically America, and man, he's pretty damn on point, right? So the next thing is that Ireland has fined uh, the Facebook-owned messaging service, WhatsApp, 225 million euros for violating, uh, for violations of the EU data protection rules, the European data, European Union data protection rules. You know what? This is, these are the, if you ask me, these are the type of fines that I want to see happen, get thrown around more often. Like when Germany fined did they find Facebook? If I don't, don't quote me on that, guys. But if you remember a month or two ago, Germany fined Facebook for privacy issues and all that. Or was it Google for YouTube? I think I think it was YouTube for removing, um, for taking down legitimate protests in Germany. It was like one or two million pounds or something like this. They fined them. That's nothing. You need, like I said, you need to hit them in the fines of hundreds of millions, if you ask me. Even tens of millions too. That that'll do it. That'll start if you keep, you know, if you keep going at them for using legitimate reasons. It'll it'll hit their pockets and they they will change. But the, here's the thing, though: countries like Ireland don't have that kind of pull in the sense, unfortunately, in the sense that if one if you know just because Ireland does it doesn't mean other countries do it. But you know, sometimes when America does something, a lot of people follow, right? So it's the unfortunate reality. The next thing I actually will be covering in a Let's Get Banned episode, so I'm just gonna touch on this briefly but the dead internet theory suggests that the internet literally died five years ago and has now been almost completely taken over by artificial intelligence look i'm not ruling anything out i would have to delve into this much more to understand it there would have to be a form of you know subversion incursion and infiltration at not just at a psychological level but at a level of quantum computing that we can't comprehend in a human sense right why do i say that well we got the integrated circuit from the roswell crash according to colonel philip corso so if we were able to develop the integrated circuit that we now use in all of our computers, phones, tablets, cars, you name it, 
I would imagine these aliens would have a way of infiltrating uh, I get the internet uh, digitally in a certain sense. Now, I'm not just saying, I don't want to jump to say it's aliens, right? Again, that's a very vague term. It could be sentient beings, paradimensional, interdimensional. It's hard to say extraterrestrial. Um, it, or it could be a, a, an artificial, a literal artificial intelligence in a higher dimension of existence. It's Again, that's why I didn't want to uh, cover this too much on the Kraken episodes because we have so much more to cover here, but you see what I'm saying. The next thing is that a school board meeting about an Antifa teacher who was exposed by Project Veritas in uh, indoctrinating the children of the town that the Antifa teacher was uh, received almost half a million views. People see, people see this, right? They they see this very strongly. This is not a this is not a joke, right? The mainstream media, just like they said last year, uh, mostly calm but peaceful or angry but peaceful protests, like they said about in Por CNN said in Portland. It's the same thing here. The protests with the vaccine. Why are they not reporting, for example, in London, in the UK, the hundreds of thousands of people that are protesting outside of BBC's headquarters? Why are they not reporting it? Again, it's blatant ignorance, literal blatant ignorance in that sense from the from the elites, if you ask me. Um, the next thing is that Israel, despite triple vaccinating 26% of their adult population, uh, reported a new record of a daily COVID case count, 40% uh, higher than the peak in wintertime. Hey, look... Again, if, if we go by these numbers and assuming this is legitimate, at least Israel's being honest. You know what I mean? And they're reporting. Um, yeah. The next thing is that like to show that the vaccine is nearly not as effective as they had thought. And again, it's always these Israeli studies that, you know, Fauci is saying, oh, you know, the rest of the scientific community doesn't agree and we got to see da da da. And then the mainstream media never asks Fauci about these Israeli studies ever again. Right. We got to keep in mind, too. Israel has uh, Israeli technology. Holy cow. They've for years now, they've been very good at it. So um, the next thing is that North Korea rejects an offer of almost three million COVID jabs and requests the, the United Nations to relocate the shots to other nations, citing concerns over potential side effects. Now, there's a few different angles on this. Let me just be very clear. There's the whole thing of just being, you know, snobby and hard headed as, you know, the North Korea, the country as it is. Right. With that being said, because of that image and because of that perspective that I would dare to say the vast majority of the world has on them no one's really going to think much of them you know uh, refusing these jabs because again we also have to keep in mind that uh, presuming kim jong-un starves his own people you know it, i don't think uh, this is going to be as much of a um a prevalent issue for them, let's say. The next thing is that the U.S. Supreme Court has now made an official statement refusing to block the Texas abortion ban. Again, I, the only thing I want to make a very strong point of here is this, and I don't know if I brought this up in yesterday's Kraken episode, but I'll say this very quickly before we move on. For those that are pro-life, pro, uh, pro pro-choice, you know, for the ability to have uh, an abortion, a late-term abortion or anything like this, which personally, I honestly don't know where I stand at this point. Uh, I'm really smack down the middle, but someone made a good point. If you're pro-life, you say my body, my choice with, with having children or with, you know, terminating a pregnancy, if you will, you cannot go around saying, oh, vaccines must be mandated. You, you, the consistency isn't there. Now, let's play devil's advocate for a second. The argument is that, yeah, well, Dave, you know, uh, vaccines don't... Um, don't cause complications in the in the body this and that anyways i'm just trying to play devil's advocate on uh, from some comments i saw on twitter saying you know vaccines don't cause certain uh, issues that women have from um from not getting late-term abortion it was a very dumbed down argument but again i play devil's advocate for the sake of it and yes they have vaccines have been known to have many side effects and that's not me being a conspiracy theorist it's a fact so i don't know what these people are talking about you know the next thing is that 
China warns the U.S. that bad ties could impair their climate cooperation. Oh my God, nobody saw that statement coming. I mean, anyways. The next thing is that an emergency has been declared in California over the wildfires there and New York as well uh, due to Hurricane Ida. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It, it really is. This is the way that things sadly seem to go. I mean, I think this is the most danger, the most damage done to New York since the 70s. No, 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 excuse me, since Katrina. No, sorry, I'm thinking of something else when I referenced the 1970s there. But yeah, I, these are things that we can we can debate as to whether or not this is a form of control. Depopulation, I don't know, because I don't know why hurricanes would be orchestrated by world governments to just kill, you know, 30, 40, 50 people. Um, or even in the hundreds, you probably want to do much larger than that if you're going to orchestrate something, but who knows? It could have to do with something with the planet, the understanding of it. C keep in mind, folks, secretly, these guys know what's what, what's happening with the weather and the planet. They, they know what's going on. Um, the next thing is that gunmen's ha gunmen have seized, excuse me, and kidnapped over 70 students from a high school in northwest Nigeria. This stuff's got to stop, man. Holy cow. And these this is just the stuff that's being reported, let alone the stuff we don't even know about, we never hear about. This is so unfortunate because I know so many African people from so many different countries within Africa, some of the nicest people I've met in my life, and it's so unfortunate when you hear things happening within their respective countries. It really is, man. The next thing is that Israel has warned the U.S. over a plan to reopen the Jerusalem consulate. They said it's a bad idea because it could destabilize Naftali Bennett's government. Again, like I said... Naftali Bennett, not just myself, but many others, he has a very fragile coalition. It's not strong like Netanyahu's was, not even close. And keep in mind, like I said before, Israeli politics is not like American politics, where once you lose an election, you're sort of pushed to the edge of the political spectrum metaphorically. That's not the case in Israel. There's a very high chance if, as long as Netanyahu doesn't retire, and if he wants to do it, he'll be back as prime minister in a year and a half, two years from now. It's very possible. Very possible. Now, when Trump moved the, uh, um, the uh, Israeli... Uh, the United States consulate, excuse me, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Jerusalem consulate, um, they, they moved their consulate to Jerusalem, excuse me, and so this was quite controversial for a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, alleged Zionists and more conservative right-wingers within the uh, Israeli community, this was a very good thing, um, this was, you know, also um, not liked, well-liked by uh, the Palestinians when Trump did this last year, but Netanyahu seemed to have a big smile on his face when this happened. Um, it's not for me to say what's right or wrong in that sense. I mean, we're talking about a, something that's been going on for thousands of years, right? Uh, the next thing is that a three-day ceasefire came into effect after weeks of intense attacks by pro-government forces on rebels in Dera City, which is in uh, Syria. Again, uh, if you want my opinion, let, uh, let Assad do his thing. Stop speculating with the Western media. Stop all that stuff. I mean, okay, speculating, whatever. But stop trying to influence the 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 people of the West using quote unquote speculative articles. You see what I'm saying here? Let Assad do his thing. Let's get that. In my opinion, get the hell out of Syria. Simple as that. The next thing is that the UK government says they will not recognize the Taliban. Okay. Even though I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Qatar, the country of Qatar, which also has struck a deal with the Taliban to reopen Kabul airport, Qatar has said that they encourage the world to recognize the Taliban to a certain extent. And obviously the Taliban themselves have asked the world to recognize them officially and formally. Listen, if the CIA is still in there, that that's up to that's an intelligence operation. Now, the way I see it in a public um, uh, from a public perspective it was a, the last 20 years, like Putin said, too, that they accomplished zero. He's right. The contractors profited, and it was simple as that. 
That, that's all it was. It was a moneymaker for the contractors. I mean, look who started it, too. Rumsfeld, Cheney, right? You look at Operation Desert Storm. Dick Cheney was there, too, right, back in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So, look, this is not... Uh, yeah, let them... I don't know. In terms of if the UK should recognize them or not, that's one thing. But if the Taliban took over, again, it comes down to the perspective. Should we focus on our own country and let them do their thing? Or who's to say we should be the moral arbiter of the world? Or should we? I'm saying, you know, as the West and, and as Europeans and, and what have you, right? Um, the next thing is that more than a dozen vehicles have been set on fire in the latest Eastern uh, Dem Democratic Republic of Congo attack blamed on the Allied Democratic Forces armed group. The conflict's never going to end. Like, like again, even with the kidnapping of the children, allegedly, the conflict's never going to end until these groups get what they want. But the question then becomes, what do they really want? And it's hard to say. And it, it's very tribalistic. And it's so sad and unfortunate. The next thing is that uh, governments in Niger, Katsina, Kaduna, and Zamfara states announce restrictions on residents amid worsening violence. You know what? I honestly thought that they were going to say restrictions amid worsening COVID cases, but the fact that I see worsening violence, I'm actually happy to read that. And I don't mean that because I'm, I, I'm reading about violence. I mean that because this is the first headline in I think almost two years now where a country's put their people in a lockdown that's non-COVID related, if you ask me. So, I mean, pretty pretty interesting to say the least the next thing is that liberal leader justin trudeau unveiled the party's election platform during a news conference in toronto on wednesday pledging 78 billion uh, canadian dollars which is um 62 billion uh, american i believe yes in new spending across five years uh, with a focus on health care or is that 62 billion euros? Not sure. Anyways, many, many billions he's going to spend. Let me, because I'm from Toronto, I'm from Canada, if you would like me to explain to you guys what Trudeau's done from a political strategical sense, I'll do that right now very quickly. And I'm not saying this to hate on him or to support him. I think I can present this in an unbiased way. So basically, what Trudeau has done essentially is he's... I don't like, personally, everyone, you, most of you know my opinion on him. I don't like the guy whatsoever. But what he's done seems to be pretty intelligent in this sense, from a, a strategical sense. He gave the provinces of Canada a billion dollars each in the past couple weeks, right? For whatever, COVID funding, you name it. Whatever the, the premiers, which is our version of governors, wanted to allocate that money to for the province. And then after that, if you notice... A week after, he started pushing the conservative premiers, the premier of my province, the premier of Manitoba, to push the vaccine QR codes and passports. Interestingly enough, the conservative premier of Manitoba res resigned shortly after. If you ask me, he was pressured and he didn't want to do it. And our, our premier of Ontario, Toronto, he came out yesterday, but he looked defeated. And he admitted, he goes, I did not want to do this whatsoever. So Trudeau basically legally bribed all the premiers and he knew the conservative ones would fall in line because again, from an optics perspective, publicly, you just accepted a billion dollars from the prime minister and you're not going to you know, do what he says for one little favor with these vaccine passports. That's exactly what happened. And then on top of that, what's going to happen now is that he's going to, he called a snap election because I bet you his team told him there's no better time than now. Because now he's running, if you check out the videos online, he's campaigning and running on basically catering to the vaccinated crowd. And it's, it's as simple as that. And he's, he's being polarizing in his rally speeches. He's saying the unvaccinated are the reason why we're still screwed up and this and that. Now, with that being said, let me also make something very clear about what Trudeau's done as well, too. 
if Trudeau really cared about the people, what he would do is after he gave the billion dollars to each uh, premier, uh, to each province, he would then set up a centralized federal system for the vaccine uh, passports or QR codes, whatever you want to call it. But he didn't. And this is one of the big complaints even the liberal premiers in Canada are complaining about saying, why didn't the prime minister set up a, a federal centralized database for this? Why, why is he leaving it up to the provinces? I'll tell you folks why. He's leaving it up to the provinces because he just called a snap election. And, he, and if he rolls out a federal centralized database now, if there's one little mistake, it's going to give the conservatives a chance to attack him. Therefore, it's going to hurt him in the, uh, in the upcoming snap election. So, look, I don't like Trudeau whatsoever, but I got to give it to him. Politically, he played this smart, if you, in my humble opinion, if you ask me. So, the next thing is that OPEC has agreed to stick to existing oil output price hikes. The group uh, took less than an hour to reach an agreement, one of the quickest meetings in recent uh, memory. For those who don't know what OPEC is, it's a group of countries that... Um, I believe it's the Oil Petroleum Exporting uh, Commission. I, I Don't quote me on that whatsoever. I may have screwed that up big time, but they're the big oil producers of the world, right? Saudi Arabia, Russia, you know. Uh, anyways, this was the quickest meeting in recent memory. I guarantee you, you know how there's always a conspiracy or some secret conversations when, you know, the elites meet to talk about their profits and how to work together in certain things. I guarantee you there was no conspiracy in this meeting, in my opinion, and I'll tell you why. All these guys got together. They represent the corporations, private industry, as well as the, their own governments and countries. Everyone likes profits. Everyone wants oil. They all got together, sat down. They all said, listen, let's agree to the same price for the sake of, you know, making profits all together again. We can worry about screwing each other over later on when things, when the world economy goes back to normal. Again, define normal, but you know what I mean? That's it. Simple as that. That's why there's no conspiracy, because that is the conspiracy, if you, if you ask me. But the next thing is... That uh, Venezuela opposition ends election boycott to run in local polls. The opposition parties say they will participate in regional polls in a boost to President Maduro's legitimacy. At least they're trying. Uh, uh, maybe there's an intelligence angle to this. Maybe there's some type of double psyop or a ploy to try to deceive people just for the sake of getting their representative in at a more um, legitimately recognized level. But... It's hard to say. The next thing is that uh, at least two children were among the 32 killed and 20 others were injured in the accident east of Lima due to a bus, a bus crash. Excuse me. Yeah, that's it's sad. It's, it's very sad. Uh, it's, it's so unfortunate. The next thing is that German firms are seeking details of employees' vaccination status. Now, Germany has tough laws regulating privacy because of its history of Nazi and communist state surveillance of citizens rightfully so very understandable let's see how this plays out that's the most i could say at this point we could because without any details we could speculate in a million different areas right the next thing is that russia plans to send arms possibly even s-400s to belarus according to the uh, prime minister lukashenko of uh, belarus listen like i said it's strategy Putin's going to insert himself wherever he can, just like that loan that he gave Belarus uh, because of the whole uh, airplane terrorist uh, or airplane hijacking incident with all those sanctions and things like that. He's going to insert himself wherever he can in any way that he can. It's going to generally be more asymmetrical because I don't think Putin's goal is to take on the West uh, full of uh, with with um, in a traditional sense, you know, with ground warfare and, and things like that. So he's going to do things like this in order to continue to move his pieces on the chessboard. Simple. That's how I see it, at least. Um, the next thing is that Denmark starts their impeachment trial on the ex-immigration minister. Inger Stolzberg is being tried for an order to separate asylum-seeking couples when one of the pair was a minor. 
it depends how much she knew and how much they could prove she knew at the time that she gave this order. It, that's that's as, it's as simple as that, if you ask me. Unless there's a much larger, um, I don't want to say conspiracy, but a much grander um, orchestration at play. The next thing is that Filipino protesters demand resignation of Duterte's health secretary as a former advisor sounds alarm after surge of Delta cases. Again, I, we got to be consistent, so let's be fair in the sense of let's take our opinion out of this for a second. If the people of Philip of the Philippines are in favor of the vaccine and they want the lockdowns and things like that, that is their country. We got to respect that. But again, this one protest does not represent all the people of the Philippines, so it's all relative too, right? We have to be vigilant of that. The next thing is that because sorry, you know what's going to happen, right? People, the average person that goes about their day, they'll read a headline like that about Philippine protesters, and then they'll go uh, to their work, uh, they'll talk to their colleagues, they'll go home, talk to their friends and family, and they'll say, oh, you know, in the Philippines, they want the vaccine, they want it, I saw it today. That's, that's how people take it. And that's why these headlines are phrased like that. The next thing is that McDonald's is hiring 14 year olds amid a shortage of workers. I guess, sure. I, I, I don't, I mean, as long as they get paid well, if they do like, yeah, I guess. And if the kids want to work, sure, as long as there's no forced labor or anything, sure. Um, the next thing is that a popular Indian TV and film actor, Siddharth Shukla, hopefully I said his name correctly, has died in Mumbai at the age of 40. Um, there's no confirmed details, but allegedly it was a heart attack. I don't, I don't know of this actor. I don't know him whatsoever, so I don't want to jump to conclusions. Again, the general consensus would normally be drugs because, you know, 40 years old, healthy guy. From pictures I saw, he was not overweight or anything like that. So, again, it's possible. But I, I don't want to say that just because he was a celebrity, he was into drugs, right? Even though most of them are, some of them are not. And so I want to respect that and wait for the, the official uh, autopsy report. The next thing is that uh, a doctor from the Cooper Hospital told the BBC that he was already dead when he was brought in on Thursday. Sorry, I think I wrote that. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, that was regarding the Indian film actor. My apologies. Um, the the final. Th uh, oh no, that's it. I'm sorry, guys. That's it. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today, everybody. Hope all of you uh, enjoyed this uh, update of the news. I think uh, actually today is quite significant in in today's news updates, and we will catch all of you very very soon. Cheers.